Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Theomatic Podcast. I'm Craig. I'm Daniel. And we are here to help make good theology automatic. automatic. And today, I'm excited because we're talking about um, a subject that has I have personally been asked about probably a thousand times or more. Yeah. And we're talking about a subject that has been a practice of Jesus followers from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's a subject that evidently a lot of people have questions about. Yeah. And, and this is the subject, baptism. Water baptism. Water baptism yeah. specifically, yes, because there are different baptisms. Mm-hmm. And um, we're, not, we're not really going to be speaking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. Um, but we're going to talk about water baptism. What is it? And do you have to do it? Do you have to? Should you? What happens you, when can, you do it? What happens? Can you be saved without, without it? <laughs> yeah. That's a big one. And that's the question that I that we get a lot of times is, do I have to be baptized? And so I want to just um, look at a few different passages first, and then Daniel, I'm going to ask you to define baptizo. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for yeah, that? Of course. You are? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let me read a few passages first. Um, and maybe you could, before I read, maybe if you have any of this knowledge, you could pitch in on it. But as I understand it, the practice of baptism is not really explicitly commanded in the Old Testament, although its roots, biblically speaking, its roots would would be back in basically ceremonial cleansing, cleansing correct. that you'd find in the commandments of the Torah, specifically Leviticus. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, practices of being cleansed ceremonially for the sake of entering God, not because you literally need dirt washed off of you, but as a symbol of of, of purifying yourself or, or consecrating yourself yeah. uh, in God's presence were practiced. And then by the time John the Baptist shows up, we see that it was it was practiced by way of dunking somebody underwater. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't, at least there's no evidence of people being like, what are you doing? It was clear that they had an understanding at that time that he's doing something that's meaningful and significant. And then when we'll talk about this, that there's... That's exactly how I understand it. Okay, yeah, perfect. So so John, the scriptures you would read, we'll talk about John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. And then, and then what Jesus came to, to fulfill is a little different than that, but Jesus himself even was baptized, and here we're going to read it right here. So Matthew 3, uh, it says that Jesus came to Galilee to the Jordan to John, his cousin, John the Baptist, Mm -hmm. to be baptized. And again, that word in the original language is baptizo. And it says this, John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, which is, I think, probably what every one of us would say. Yeah, we were in sure. that position, like, um, you're you're Jesus, like, you should be baptizing me. And so this is significant. Like, I would what? guarantee mess up Jesus' baptism somehow. <laughs> I, you, I can't. I baptize you in the name of the Father. And, wait, and it's you, gotta be your name. <laughs> oh, no. Baptize you in your own name. Ah, man. Yeah. So, um, it's uh, yeah, we'd be like, I feel unworthy to do this too. Yeah, for sure. But there was something about it that even Jesus, and this is what he says. He says, no, let it be, let it be so now, for thus it's fitting to fulfill all righteousness. And so I think that we believe, I don't know what you believe, we believe Jesus did not need it. He certainly didn't need a baptism of repentance from sin. He was sinless. But but he felt compelled to do it to fulfill righteousness. And so 
that'd just be the first thing to start to consider as you're asking the question, do I need to be? I don't, I think probably throughout this talk, you're going to realize the real question is, should I be? Right. Right. So Jesus thought that he should be. So that'll give you a little hint as to what the answer is. Then he consented, verse 16, and when Jesus was baptized, dunked under the water, immediately he came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove, and coming to rest on him, and behold, or pay attention, a voice from heaven said, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And uh, that's a whole other message, but this idea that that Jesus hadn't done enough, any official ministry yet, but God is pleased with Jesus because of his identity first. Identity, yeah. And obedience. Work and ministry flows from identity and relationship. We don't earn relationship and identity from our work. And that's the same with you and I. Mm -hmm. The Father is pleased with you because you're his son or his daughter. That's it. So Jesus gets baptized. He felt that it was important, right? And he did it. Here's one more passage Romans 6 3. Hmm. Actually, I'm going to give you a few more passages. Here's here's another passage. Romans 6, 3, it says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So there's some mystery here. Like, what does that mean? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. And so... It's this mysterious thing that when we're baptized, it's like going under the water is like going into a burial with Jesus and coming out of the water mysteriously is like being resurrected with him. Here's just a few other additions. Um, Acts 1.5, Jesus says this, For John baptized with water, but I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so there is a distinction between water baptism and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we addressed this last passage, Acts 16, in an earlier episode talking about um, about being saved. And I wanted to specifically read this passage again because the question often comes, do I have to be baptized in order to be saved? And so here's the verse. Um, the This jailer literally asks the same question that you're asking every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just didn't have TikTok. What must I do? <laughs> what must I do to be saved? And the great teacher, the Apostle Paul himself, who could say anything, he says this. Yeah. It's very clear. Quote, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And what's cool about this passage is that it goes on not many verses later to declare to us that the whole household believed and was baptized. Yes, that was their next action. That was their action. Yeah. But he didn't say you must be. And so... Man, there's so much there. There, I'm going to lay it out. Let's start a conversation because there's so many things we could talk about. And there's, and here, let me just say this before we start the conversation. Yes, this is one of the subjects that great theological minds, believers, lovers of God have believed different things about them. Of course, we all want to ultimately land on what the word says Mm -hmm. and we're doing our best. And I think that most people are coming to a conclusion based on a genuine, a genuine conviction of what the word says, but there happens to be some, some different interpretations of what the, what the word is telling us because in their defense, there are some verses that say, repent and be baptized and you will Mm -hmm. be saved. Yeah. But 
Okay, so we'll yeah, start there. Yeah, and um, there are um, segments of Christianity that would believe um, we're leading people astray if we're to tell them that they don't need to be baptized to be saved. So I just want to address that. For that camp of people, this is a much more intense conversation. Um, I will also say that both Craig and I are water baptized. Right. Um, I did it when I um, knew what I was doing wholly, and I was ready to yield my life and say, Jesus is my Lord. And I wanted to signify to my community that I was in at the time that I belong to Jesus, and I am identifying my old self as dead, and I am reborn a new creation. That is the reason I did it. So my question would be like, well, do I have to wear a ring? If I'm married, why wouldn't you want to? Right. <laughs> why wouldn't you want everyone to know who you belong to? Right. And wouldn't you want to look down? I mean, I remember when I was fiddling with my ring when I first got married, I was like, and my wife wrote a cool inscription on the inside. It's so treasured to me, like my water baptism. It's the moment that I remember going, I am all in. Right. You know? Right. So. I am also of the camp that I do not believe it's required to go to heaven or to be saved, but I do believe um, that it is a very next and logical step, and it serves to show the world who you belong to. And it's kind of cool. As soon as Jesus identified who he was through baptism, like he said, like, if you don't deny me before man, I, I will, won't deny you before my father. Like the father comes down and goes, this is my, and actually he says, beloved son. Right. Uh, uh, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The moment he, Jesus is like, you know, I'm going, I'm giving my life to God. I'm about to go into ministry. I'm getting baptized. The father like goes, and this is my son. Right. You know, so that's kind of cool how, right. how it comes out like that. I think one reason why we would, be under the persuasion that that you don't absolutely have to be baptized is because at least one reason for me would be the the thief on the cross. Yeah. Yeah. He had no opportunity to be baptized. No, he was about to die. Right. Yeah. And Jesus says you will be with me today, right? And so it's this mm-hmm. this idea again, you know, here at the thematic podcast uh, foundational reason why we're doing this is to get to not just the rule of the law but the heart of God. And it, it seems that the heart of God is continuously revealed throughout the scripture to say what God looks at is the heart of a person. And it's not primarily based, our salvation, our reconciliation, our relationship with him is not primarily based on our action yeah, and what we can accomplish. It's based on what he's already accomplished and our response to that in yes. faith. That's a great way to say it, the, because it opens up, and, and some denominations, or denominations is just a fancy word for like groups of Christians that may not exactly then diagram on an issue. You know, they diverge a little bit. And the camp that Craig and I are in, and I guess just kind of discovered we we're both in the same camp. We didn't really talk about it too much. We touched on it. We're like, what are you, is it required? And you're like, I don't think so. And But, uh, but um, the way they solve for people who die without being baptized is they get baptized for the dead. Yeah, yeah. And so there's some complications with that, in my opinion. Um, do I believe that anyone who were to do that would go straight to hell and they're committing some unpardonable sin? No, I think they're sincere people who believe baptism is required for salvation and they think there's a mechanism by which they could retroactively protect their loved one. I'm in the camp of, of I think that God's grace is sufficient and that for, um, I know of a person who got saved, uh, heard a story of a person that got saved in the Arctic in a plane crash right before they died and froze to death. And clearly they didn't have 
a chance to baptize themselves. Um, and, and I wouldn't think it's required for someone else to get baptized for you, since I believe the purpose is to demonstrate to the world who you're buried with and resurrected with. Right. So that's kind of where I land on that. Just for anyone who was curious about that baptism of the dead part, um, yeah. you know. I'd love to just share uh, the way that I view it. Maybe it'll help somebody. I think that you're probably on the same page with this, but, um, you know, we live in a world that says you you should keep your politics and your religion private. Mm-hmm. Although today nobody's keeping their politics private. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but you better shut up about your religion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, and so the idea that like you could have this relationship with with Jesus that nobody knows about in the same way that you could have a relationship with another human being like I you know you could have a boyfriend or a girlfriend that none of your friends know about your family does, it it's just sort of this hidden relationship with somebody and mm. it might be really real it might be totally legit but for whatever reason you're keeping it private from the people you know and love in the world and so I think in some ways an analogy is that that you know, you could have a relationship with God, but what baptism is in many ways to loop back around to the marriage analogy is there comes a day where if you want to, if you want to marry the person that you're in that closet relationship with, it's no longer going to be private. That's the nature of it. You stand on an altar in front of your friends, in front of your family, in front of your pastors or spiritual leaders, in front of God, in front of the world. And you say, I'm dying to every other potential mate out there. I'm dying to them, and I want the world to know that I'm living for this one person. Yeah. And we say, till death do us part. And then, like you were saying, then you put the ring on as a seal of that commitment, yeah. as a symbol, as an outward symbol of the, of the inward commitment. And so I think that in many ways, baptism is an outward symbol of an inward reality. Yeah. Like if your heart is actually at the place where you're saying, I, I'm fully walking this relationship with you. Um, and you, you know, you want to even mystic, mysteriously, mystically die. I think that it's a way of saying I'm, I'm dead to the devil. I'm dead to the world. I'm dead to my flesh. I'm dead to anything other than I want, I want to live my life wholeheartedly for Jesus. And I want my friends to know. I want my family to know. I want God to know. I want the devil to know. I want, I want everybody to know that I'm all in on this thing. And so I know that's true for me. I, I attended church my whole life. I called myself a Christian. If you asked me, I would have said, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I didn't really follow Jesus. Um, and for me, when I got baptized was really the moment where I stopped being a Christian and I started following Jesus Mm. and that was right after I turned 18 and I that was the moment of repentance for me where I actually my life turned around and went the other direction I got baptized August 2nd 2002 that's awesome and and everything changed and I was I was dead to the old self and I was fully living for him and so um you know if we're just gonna like talk about you know, in addition to just some verses and the facts, again, we're always trying to get back to God's heart yeah. in this podcast. What's God's heart? I think God's heart and my heart, my answer to all those questions out there, everybody that's saying, do I have to be? My question to you would be, a better question is, why would you not want to be? Yeah. If you are still breathing oxygen enough to ask the question, then I would ask you, why would you just not go and get baptized? 
Like technically, do you have? Could you go to heaven without it? Yeah, I think technically. Yeah, technically, I you think can. you can. But if you're still here, I think you should be. I think you should. Just, I think there's people right now that are going to listen to this. Whenever they listen to this, that you're going to make the decision. I yeah. just need to go and do that thing. I need to go all in. I need to be buried and resurrected with Jesus because Jesus Himself did it. And so. I don't even think we should be asking the question, do I have to? I think we should be asking the question, where's the closest pool? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree 100%. I would say to add to it, if anything, maybe a different approach is is to to say it's a it's almost um we, we should talk about tithing someday. Tithing is not about we should money talk about tithing. at all. It is about who you rely on and how you grow your faith, who you rely on for your provision. And it is a test of your faith. And it's the simplest and easiest test, believe it or not. Um, I think baptism is not completely unlike that in a way that like when you are radically converted in your mind truly, and you're like, I follow Jesus, he did it. We've all done it. You... I want to say it so gently because I don't want to be like challenging because I think technically the question that we're answering and people are wrestling with is like, do I have to? No, but you should. And it's, it's, uh, I'm just going to be bold and go say, I think you should go do it. And especially if you're hesitant, you should ask, why am I hesitating? Right. You know? Uh, that's a great question. I, what I've noticed, and again, this is not based on stats, what I've heard and I feel like maybe some people wrestle with is this this state between, yeah, I believe in God and I, I want to follow him. I don't know if I'm really there yet. And what I'm afraid of is if I get baptized and then I go back and make a mistake or sin or whatever— is that somehow, have I put myself now in a worse position in God's eyes because I, I did a commitment that I wasn't really ready to fulfill? Mm. I, at least I hear that as it's a actually pastor. a very sincere question. It, it is. From someone really seeking and taking it seriously, I actually admire that. Yeah. Yeah. And what I always say to people is the decision to get baptized is not a promise of your perfection. Mm. It's a dedication of the direction that you want to go. That's a great way to say it. Right? It's not you saying, okay, if I do this, God, I vow that I'm going to be perfect. It's because Jesus is, is right? Motivation is so big for Jesus. Lead the, it's a huge lead deal. The, yeah, the Sermon on the Mount is all about the motivation of the heart. He doesn't say if anybody ever in the history of ever hears you pray out loud, you're wrong. No, he says if you're praying out loud so that people, so that people so see that. you, mm -hmm. that's wrong. If, is fasting wrong? No. no. If people find out that you're fasting, is that wrong? No. No, we do it's group fast if, sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, most of the fasts in the Old Testament were as a community. On festival day, yeah, 100%. They it's, all knew that, yeah. But we get in this mode of like, oh, that's not biblical because you somebody found out your, you told somebody you're fasting. No, no, no. If I'm telling you I'm fasting because the motivation of my heart is I want you to know and think I'm awesome, yeah. now I've lost my reward. Yes. And so the motivation of the heart is is always of the utmost importance with Jesus. Agreed. Right? And so it, what when it comes to baptism, it's not, oh, I'm promising to be perfect, God. No, no, no. It's saying... The motivation of my heart is 
I want to die to myself. And actually it's a recognition to say, I can't live this life unless the spirit empowers me to Come do it. On. That's a noble thing. Even if you don't feel like you have the ability to be perfect, yeah. to say, I'm going to take this step of faith in faith, trusting that you're going to yeah. empower me. And if I mess up, at least I know the trajectory that I'm on. Beautiful. I have a question that I think is going to set up the, the the last little bit of this conversation and answer another group of questions that when I was a youth pastor, I would get all the time. Craig, can I be baptized twice? Oh. I, You know, this is an opinion because okay. I don't, I don't think, again, we're going to, right? So this is how we conversate. We say, this is real. This, this is, is live. Yeah, this, this is, is happening live. live. This is what the idea of theomatic is about. Yes. Any question that comes at you in life, the first thought that you should have is, what does the, the Bible, Bible say? say? Right? Mm -hmm. And so now I'm sitting here thinking, Do I know any is there any examples of it or against it? It I, doesn't speak on it. It doesn't speak Against it. It doesn't speak either, either way, way. That I know. Explicitly. Mm -hmm. so, so once you've asked that question, then in order to be theomatic, then you say, well, are there any other things that insinuate or lean towards something? Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know if there's anything in the scriptures that specifically point to it. So where I have landed then would become an opinion based on a foundation of scripture is I don't think Good that it's wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't think... I think your motivation is everything. I think your motivation is everything. I think, I don't think that anybody's wrong or sinning if they do it again. At the same time, when somebody says to me, do I need to get baptized again? I say, if you would like to, we would love to do that for you. But I don't also think you need to be baptized. I again. answer it the exact same way. We've never talked about it before. The question came up for me when I was a youth pastor, yeah. someone was going to Israel and they wanted to get baptized in the Jordan oh, and they'd are, and I had baptized them in the river at Silver Lake at the camp. And they said, Hey, would it hurt your feelings? And then also, am I allowed to do this? <laughs> so again, the way that I would view it is, is like the analogy we've been coming back to a marriage. Yeah. Right. So when you say yes on the altar, you're you you just stepped into a covenant commitment, right? Yeah. And then maybe your life and you made some bad decisions and you you did some nasty things, maybe even cheated on that spouse. Does that mean you're not married? No. No. I mean, and you know, no. It means you you you've done some nasty. You things. acted poorly your relationship, as a married yeah, person. Your relationship yeah. is probably severely hurting. Yeah. But you're still in that. At least in terms of the analogy goes for God, we're still married to him, right? Yeah. We're not. Correct. We're not. Um, but like an earthly marriage, people all the time decide, I'm going to, let's renew our vows. Yes. It's not. That's like the example I used to... for her. And actually, she didn't go sideways. She was amazing. She and just wanted it. In she the just yeah. so loved Jesus and wanted to be baptized where he was baptized. Yeah. And so it'd be like if you said, oh, we got married in Hawaii. When we go back to Hawaii on our 20th year, let's renew our vows. Yeah. And it's meaningful. Not because we yeah. cheated on each other. Yeah. We have to. Because we want to just yeah. remember afresh the co this commitment and this beauty. That's, exa so, that's exactly hallelujah. how I answered it. And I would say, too, if you were baptized once, you've fallen away from the Lord a little bit, This maybe you're hearing this, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm committed. It's okay if you want to, but exactly that, Craig, you don't have to. You made a declaration the first time that you got saved and were baptized. You're saved. You're baptized. You had a rough go. Just get back on the path as soon as you can. Repent. Change Repent. your mind. Change your Change your actions. Metanoius. Meta, change your exactly. mind, repent, turn around, keep going. Right. Like when you mess up, God doesn't take you down to the courthouse and change your last name and you're out of the family. 
right? But what can happen with sin is it disrupts our connection to God, not his commitment to us. Exactly. You know, so there you go. Well, any other final thoughts on God's heart on the issue? He loves you. He's for you. And if you're considering full immersion baptism or sprinkling, my question always is like, do you have a full immersion commitment or a sprinkle commitment? I and it's a cheeky way to answer. Well, that's cheeky, it's but cheeky, we but also like, and dive in. Obviously, there's some massive churches on the planet that practice it other than and the I way wasn't that we trying would, to be yeah. irreverent or, or dishonoring to anyone else. But my advice would be go all in. Yeah. Be, well, and why? Because we think back to what does the Bible say? Yeah. And, and what we does just Jesus don't, do? We don't see sprinkling. We yeah. see Jesus was immersed. He came up out of the water. So that's why we practice that way, because that's what the word says. Just that simply, we're so. just working it out together. Like, and in a community, and this is why you need your church and spiritual leaders and elders. It's like, like we're sincere in our wanting to get it right. Right. But getting right doesn't make us Right. Like the wanting to do it right, right. does. Yeah. That makes sense. So thanks for joining us today. Awesome. We want to encourage you, if you have not been baptized, to be baptized. And more important than the outward action, make sure it's based on an inward That's reality because it. it is an outward reflection of an inward reality of faith and full surrender because God's heart at the end of the day is that he would have all of you Come and on. that you would walk in all that he has for you. And it's glorious and it's good. And it's not just for Amen. eternity, it's for this life. So thank you for joining us on the yeah. Theomatic Podcast and we'll see you next time. Peace.